Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Well, good morning. I'm Heather Kamira. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is so good to be with you today. Currently, we are actually in a series called Hindsight is 2020. And hindsight actually means the knowledge and understanding that one has about an event only after it's happened. And boy, has there been a lot of that lately. If only we had known, right? Well, the question that we're going to be asking in this series is what are some things that we can see clearer now that we're looking back? And we're going to be holding up this last year, 2020, and looking at it through the lens of our four connects, which are our mission statement here at the church, which is connect to God, connect to our purpose, connect to the church, and connect to our community. In the church, we call this reflective looking back, examine. And our hope is that by looking back, the Lord will impart clarity and understanding that will help us shape and and impact how we move forward in this next year. I think Andrew said it well a couple weeks ago. He said, God wants us to remember that he was not absent during 2020. He was very present and he was on the move. Though much of 2020 was hard and stressful at times, uh, the change that came from it wasn't actually that bad. When life is shaken up to any degree, when change sweeps in like it did for pretty much all of us last year, the change inevitably brings a readjustment. And though that is hard, it can actually be really good. For me, along with having a baby last year, for some reason, we also decided to move this year. And I had to laugh because the exercise of cleaning out my house, of packing everything up and unpacking everything again, had this great correlation to what God had been doing in me this year. And I not only uncovered junk in my basement that I never knew I had, but for me this year, God really uncovered and revealed a lot of junk in my own heart that I didn't know I had. You know, change can do that. It can stir up the sediment of our lives so that God, by his grace, can heal what floats to the top. And that's what retrospection or hindsight can help us do. It can uncover and reveal what is really going on in the world and in our lives so that hopefully we can reset, recalibrate, and start the year with clear vision. Now today, I'll be talking about our first connect, which is connect to God. And if I've seen anything in this last year, it's been the enemy's attempt to sow fear and chaos into our lives. I believe that one of Satan's main goals is to attack our connection to God. In Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh or blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Way beyond trying to hurt you, Satan's main goal is to hurt your connection with God. 
And sadly, that is so much easier to do when our daily rhythms and disciplines have been totally upended. I mean, think about it, church, small group, fellowship, community, service, quiet times, all have looked different this year. So I want to look back both today at really generally the, de- the defensive and the offensive when it comes to connecting to God, because as my husband says, everything in life can be related back to football. We need to remember that there is another team on the field, but God has not left us alone on that field. He has given us someone And he's given us some really practical things to help us succeed in this life with him. So let's go ahead and pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. No matter where we are, let's ask for his presence to come meet us here. Well, Lord Jesus, we we do, we invite your presence to be with us this morning. And God, I first, I just want to pray for our country. And I want to pray for those that are experiencing great hurt and loss right now. And I pray that your love, your peace, and your healing would come. And and most of all, Lord, I pray for your forgiveness and your reconciliation to come. God, would you just help us to firmly put our trust in you? We just say, Lord Jesus, you are the source of our hope. Meet us here today with your presence, for you are what we need. We give you this time. Come have your way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, being connected to God is actually foundational for all the other connects. Sorry, guys. So a definition of connection is actually a relationship of personal intimacy, a link to another. To connect to something means to join two or more things together. One of the most fundamental desires and longings in human beings is the longing to connect, right? To be known, to be heard, to be seen, to be understood, to be loved by one another. I mean, therapists and sociologists all agree that when you ask a person what they're missing most from their lives, the most frequently answered question or answer is relationships. And this is what it means and what we mean by connecting to God. It's a relationship of intimate friendship with God. To be intimate with someone just simply means to let them in, to let them into your inner world. You open up a file cabinet of your heart, and you let them read some of the files. That's what it means. It means to be be willing to let yourself be known, to become vulnerable and transparent with someone, Intimacy can be translated into me-see. I love that. God wants a relationship of intimacy with every human being on this planet. God wants a relationship of intimacy with you, and he wants one with me. A relationship where he discloses who he is. A relationship where he shares his secrets with you. A relationship where you disclose who you are, and you come to share some of your secrets with God. You know, James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And that word there, come near, it's energizu, and it means to bring near, to join one thing to another, to draw or come near to, to connect. 
And this actually, it's the same word just in the Hebrew that's used in Genesis 48, 10. It says, now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him and his father kissed them and embraced them. That's the same word there. It means to join together, to draw close, to come near. And that is the kind of connectedness that God wants with us. But is that what we want with God? Do we want God for God's sake alone? Do we want his nearness? Do we want his hug, his presence, his closeness? Like any relationship, it comes through communication and spending time with him. And we can enjoy his company, just like we do friends that we get coffee with, and he can enjoy our company through interaction and through dialogue. That's what it looks like. You know, my daughter, I actually recently asked her in the light of Christmas, I said, hey, sweetie, which would you most want from daddy? And I said, which would you most want, a gift from daddy? Or would you want a hug from daddy? Would you want some time with daddy? Would you want daddy to do something for you? Would you like him to tell you something he really likes about you? And I really, I was trying to see, you know, which of the five love languages she, she really would most appreciate. And without hesitation, she said, well, definitely spending time with daddy. Then I asked her why. And, and she said, well, because that's where I get to sit and talk to daddy about my day. I mean, how else is he going to know about my day, mommy? <laughs> I thought, wow, well, there she is. She wants to be known. She wants to connect. And she knows that it's through time and communication. I mean, even a seven-year-old knows what it looks like to connect. So when, then why do we, in the light of all that, still have such a hard time connecting with God? You know, what I want to first look at today is what keeps us from connecting to God. And, and there's obviously a lot of different reasons, but the two that I really want to highlight today are, is this, and I first want to start with this. Um, the first is sin. I might as well get that one out of the way, right? Because sin is the big disconnector. I mean, it was what first fractured our relationship with God to begin with. All the way back in the Garden of Eden, before the fall, there was this beautiful, perfect communion and connection, this right connection with God. But then Adam and Eve disobey God, and sin enters the world. And right after this, we see in Genesis 3, 8 through 12, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He and he answered, I hear you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, well, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, well, the woman you put here with me, well, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Well, what we see here is that when we sin, we walk away from the light into darkness, either because of shame or fear. Naturally, we hide away. You know, when Adam and Eve ran and hid, they were saying, in effect, to God, you know, just, just stop looking. Stop looking at me. Um, just stop drawing near to me. Stop bringing your truth. Stop showing me yourself. Uh, stop showing me myself. There's just way too much light. There's way too much truth, way too much reality. I'd rather just kind of hide myself and bury myself in this lie. I want to cover myself 
with the illusions of my own making. I don't want to stand in the brightness of your presence right now. All I want to do is hide in the dark. You know, for us, what, what this hiding from God can look like is maybe we avoid church altogether. Or if we go church, to church, we just we kind of hide from or avoid any kind of real involvement, really opening ourselves up. We might do a bunch of religious activities, but we make sure to keep God at arm's length. We bury ourselves in our work. We bury ourselves in entertainment or escape. We bury ourselves in continual activity. We don't allow ourselves to be alone or quiet long enough to let our minds stop for a moment just to be with God. How can we keep things so superficial all the while wanting to connect with God, because I know that's a deep desire for all of us. You know, the, the basic reason I think why we hide is because of fear, isn't it? It's fear. We're afraid, and we're afraid that no one will love us if they actually knew who we were, if they actually saw us. I mean, have you ever felt that way? Um, I, I think we're afraid, truly, of, of being rejected, of being rejected and thinking like, God, if you really knew me, which he does, but if you really knew me, God, because you are so holy, you would never allow me in your presence. You would kick me out of your kingdom. You would reject me. And what that leads us to is the second thing that actually keeps us from connecting to God, which is our false idea about God our false ideas about God. Beyond looking to other things for satisfaction, I believe that there's something actually a little deeper. And I think here we begin to uncover why sometimes we sin, why we hide, why we turn to other things for fulfillment. And we can actually look again at Genesis 3, 1 through 6. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Did, you, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you'll die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it as well. What's really interesting when you think about it is what's was that fruit really as appetizing as that? Was that the reason why Eve took that fruit and ate it? Was it because it just looked so appetizing? Maybe, maybe. But when we think about it, Eve was utterly perfect. She was fully satisfied with all that God had already provided her. There was no lack. There was no want. So why did she choose to disobey God and eat the fruit? Because I think at the root, what she chooses is she chooses to believe the, the lie about who God actually is. She chooses to believe the lie. He must be withholding goodness from me. When we doubt in God's goodness, it shifts everything. Like I said before, one of Satan's main goals is to attack our connection to God. And one of the ways he does that is by planting lies, 
lies about who God is. God doesn't really care. He's holding out on you because he's not good. So don't trust him with your heart. Look at the ways that he does this, though, in our lives. Because what he does is lie. He connects it always to something that's true, right? He connects it to something that's true. Maybe for us, it's God doesn't love you or he wouldn't let you be single. Or God isn't good because look at all the disappointment in your life. God doesn't care about you. Look at how alone you are right now. Or maybe he would say God isn't powerful to heal your pain or he'd done it by now. Or he lies and says, if you connect with God, he's only going to reject you because of that thing that you keep doing on the side or that thing you keep hiding from everyone or that thing you did 20 years ago. He keeps record of all wrongs. So just wait. He's going to bring down judgment on you. God doesn't want you to enjoy your life. Maybe he lies to you and says, so don't even bother praying for that thing. It's not like he's going to give it to you anyways. Or God only helps those who help themselves. So why waste your time at all? I mean, you've got to clean your life up first before you can come to God. Or, or maybe he's, he lies to you and says that God isn't concerned about the day-to-day details of your life. So just, just figure it out on your own. Figure it out on your own. I don't know about you, but I don't want to connect with a God like that. I don't think anyone wants to connect with somebody like that. And when we believe the lie, the enemy's won. Because we naturally stay far, far away from people like that. We do. We don't want to be vulnerable and intimate with somebody like that. And when we don't have an accurate view of God, what it means is in the end, we don't trust him. We won't trust him enough to even let him into our lives. Connection and intimacy just doesn't work when our view of God is warped and twisted. A.W. Tozer, who was a pastor in Chicago, he wrote this great little spiritual classic about 50 years ago, and it's called The Knowledge of the Holy, and it's, it starts out with one of my favorite quotes that I quote all the time, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, it's, it starts like this, but then he continues on. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. The history of mankind will probably show that no people has ever risen above its religion, And man's spiritual history will positively demonstrate that no religion has ever been greater than its idea of God. Worship is pure or base as the worshiper entertains high or low low thoughts of God. For this reason, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. And the most portentous, portentous fact about any man is not what he at any given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart, conceives God to be like. We tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward, and I would say, or away from, our mental image of God. What Tozer is saying here is that there's nothing more important or more practical than our thoughts about God. In the deepest parts of our soul, what do we really believe about God? How you live, how you pray, how you feel, what you say, what you do, what you think, whether or not you even believe in God, really everything about you and everything about me is going to be shaped by what we think about God. John Eldridge actually says it like this, to live with desire is to choose vulnerability over self-protection. 
To admit our desire and seek help beyond ourselves is even more vulnerable. It's a true act of trust. And in other words, those who know their desire and refuse to kill it or refuse to act as though they don't need help are the ones who actually live by faith. Those who do not ask do not trust God enough to even desire. They have no faith. The deep moral issue is always that we, in the heart of hearts, it's what we believe about God. The question we need to ask is, what kind of God do we believe in? And that leads us, leads us to our second point, which is how do we connect to God? How do we connect to God? And I believe, I believe that God is a God that longs to connect and chooses to connect with his people. I believe that's what's true. The reason why God created the world in the beginning was to share his presence with living beings who could experience him and be in a loving relationship with him. It has never been the purpose of God to hold on to his presence all for himself. God's purpose from the beginning was to share himself and share his presence, to be near his people. And in the Gospel of John, what we read in John 1, 14, is just that. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, just what we celebrated here at Christmas time. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Where do we find the presence of God? We go to Jesus. We go to Jesus, and we invite Him into our lives Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our way of connecting to God is by accepting Jesus into our lives and allowing him to come in. Jesus came to earth not only to reveal who the Father actually was and what he really looked like, but he made a way for us to also know God to be in communion with him. I mean, just look at Jesus in the scriptures. Look how he treats people, the sinner, the, the lost, the hurting. When we turn to God and we meet God in the face of Jesus, we're turning to our savior. We're turning to our rescuer, the one who can free us from the penalty of sin, the one who can save us from future judgment. He's the one who can save us from the power of sin in our lives. When we turn to Jesus, he's the one who can rescue us from all the traps that we've gotten ourselves into. Do we turn to Jesus? Do we let Jesus in? You know, I think at the end of our lives, if we're honest, we're not going to say, you know what, I'm really disappointed that I didn't spend more time on Facebook or that I didn't spend more time on YouTube, or that I didn't watch that extra episode on Netflix. You know, I think a lot of times when we, we think about the end of our life, it gives us perspective, doesn't it? And I hope that when we come to the end of our lives that we don't say, you know what, I just am so sad that I just realize I just don't know God. I don't know God like I wish I did. I hope that we don't say that I, I've spent most of my life feeling that, that I'm doing life alone without God, or that I've spent my life trying to look inside of myself to figure myself out alone, or to figure out what would make me happy instead of connecting with God and asking Him. I wish I could have experienced Him more. I hope that's not what we will say at the end of our lives. You know, what can it look like for us 
to practically start to, en to engage with God and to allow Him to come in and to meet with Him? What does that look like? What does it look like to, set, to set time aside and connect with Him? And really, the question for the series, what rhythms do we need to cultivate in this new year to keep us connected to God? Maybe ones that have slipped off the map since all that's been going on in this crazy year. But maybe it's just one thing, or maybe it's, maybe it's a couple things, but I don't think it's just one specific way for all people. I think God has created us so differently for a reason, and we're meant to connect with Him in lots of different ways. And I think one of the ways that we figure out what that is or what that looks like is we just ask Him. We ask Him. I want to end today with just some really practical ways that we can connect to God just based on our wiring and our spiritual temperaments. How can we, being who we are and with this crazy life of ours right now, build a little bridge, and not just one bridge, but maybe many bridges to connect with God? Because that's our hope. We're going to look at six just simple ways we can connect to God in this new year, and those are just simply nature, other people, service, study, prayer, and worship. I mean, do these things change us in and of themselves? No, they don't. Do we elevate and worship them in and of themselves? No, we don't. But they are conduits. They are something that God has provided so that we can connect to the one who can change us, connect to Jesus. They create context for us to open up ourselves to his presence. You know, typically we will gravitate toward one or two of these uh, based on our temperaments, but... I really think that all of them should be incorporated in our lives to some degree. I mean, that's the goal, at least. I mean, we want to build a six-lane highway to God, right? We want to have all these different things in our lives if we can. But I think, honestly, most of the time, God is highlighting just one to start with. So be prayerful as we walk through this list. Ask God, God, is there one of these that you would like me to incorporate in my life in this season? I want to start out with how we connect or that we can connect to God through nature. I think in Psalm 19, 1 through 4, it says it really well. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour, pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, and they use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. It's beautiful. Have you ever been just completely awestruck by something in nature? Whether you are you're the magnitude or the grandeur of, of a mountain or a canyon or an ocean, or maybe you're just absolutely struck by the detail and the sophistication in which things have been designed in nature. And the beauty that is displayed is just extravagant. It's almost unnecessary, but it just speaks of who God is. Maybe you've, you've had those moments in your life where you have connected to God through something in nature. Psalm 19 tells us that is totally something that we can do. God uses the natural world to speak to us and to connect us to God. And I think, honestly, in this season more than ever, the more we have been confined indoors, the more we need to be intentional about getting outside. I think it's really healthy, really healthy. It's practical. Uh, but that change of scenery is also an opportunity to get our eyes up and off of ourselves for just a little bit. 
When we spend that time, maybe, maybe for you it looks like you're taking a walk with God, or maybe you're taking a run with God. Maybe, maybe for you it looks like sitting by a body of water and just listening to the water and then asking God to come and meet you there in that time. How can we incorporate rhythms of being in nature in this new year? That's a great question, I think. And then we can also connect to God through other people. And we're going to talk about this again as we, later as we talk about connecting to, to our church um, in the series. But in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You know, for some reason, and I don't know why, no, God just really likes to use people, doesn't he? He loves to use people. Sometimes God will miraculously intervene, but most of the time he uses people. He uses people to heal, to encourage, to speak life, to lift others up. You know, this is probably why we encourage so heavily in this church to get involved in this in, in community here at this church. And if you haven't already, I invite you to pray about becoming even a member of this church. We have a, a vision and values class coming up next week, actually. Uh, but then we also would love for you to get involved in small groups. I mean, that's where we get to rub shoulders with, with other people, do life with one another, whether it's a women's group, a men's group, a mixed group. You know, God has created us to not just do this life alone. And he wants us to be in that interdependent relationship with one another, to need one another, especially in times like these, I would say. And, and also, honestly, we have to be really creative in how we connect with one another in this season but how might God want you to be blessed by connecting to the body in this next year? That's a great question. And then number three, we can connect to God through service. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 35 through 40, and I'll read the last section here. Lord, when did we see you are hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So often as we go through our lives, we can easily say, you know what? I'm just not feeling God's presence right now. How can I experience more of Christ? And I think this is part of the answer because Really, the answer is just be where Christ is. Be where Jesus is. And here we see this is where Jesus is in Matthew 25 with the hungry, with the immigrants, with those that are in the hospital, those that are sick, the homeless on the side of the road, people God puts in our path where when we've had an opportunity to pray for them, when we've had an opportunity to serve them, it creates this beautiful opportunity to connect with God. I can see that's true in so many, honestly, so many stories in my life where I've stepped out of my comfort zone and, I, and I've walked beside someone or I've served someone. I come away so blessed and so much closer to God. The fourth way is that we connect to God through study. And I'll just be honest, this one really speaks to me. I love this one. It's one of the main ways I've connected with God over the years is by studying his word. And the reason 
I say study and not read is because studying speaks to me of something that's more like a sustained effort. It's a digging in. It's not just a casual surface glance of a passage of Scripture. It's concentrating. It's, it's chewing on it. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. These, there are various words throughout Scripture to describe how we're supposed to approach the Bible. And sometimes it's things like search or meditate, which means to chew or, or, or examine. Studying the Bible is one of the main ways that you're able to connect with God. It really is. I mean, the Word is so valuable when it comes to our relationship with God. It's how we grow as disciples of Christ. And, and Martin Luther said, he said, just as a mother goes to the cradle only to find her baby, we go to the Bible only to find Christ. If you've realized that God's word is something that's dropped off in your life over the last year, I would encourage you to check out some of the reading plans that we have here at the church. There's some really great apps and resources to walk you through reading the Bible, even within the next year. Um, and I just encourage you to join us in that this year. The fifth way is that we can connect, through, connect to God through prayer. Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. What a beautiful picture of connection. Ole Hillsby says, To pray is nothing more involved than to open the door, giving Jesus access to our needs and permitting him to exercise his own power in dealing with them. To pray is to open the door to Jesus. Hmm. The Christian life begins, it begins when a person responds to that initial knock on the door, when Jesus knocks on the door of their heart. And when we trust him and invite him into our lives, we're in that personal relationship with God that changes our lives forever. But just as we begin the Christian life in prayer, so we're meant to move on in this Christian life by continually opening the door to Christ in prayer. If you want to connect with God, we have constantly needed, we need to open that door to God. And really what it, what it is, is it's that intimacy, that willingness to be intimate, that willingness to be vulnerable with God and just invite him in. And not just once a day where, where we start off the day with a prayer and then we go about our own, our own lives. The, the goal is that we would be praying, honestly, breath prayers throughout the day. Lord, help me here. Oh, what do you think about this, God? I need you here. Oh, God, this is something that the Lord has just been teaching me over the course of this last year is that daily dependence on him. And, and I have noticed more and more how anxious I can, I can be, especially in this last year. And, and there's so many times where I've stopped what I'm doing and I just say, Lord, I just, I give everything and everyone to you right now. I give everything to you. I give up control. I give up my anxious thoughts right now. I give up all the stress. I invite him in. And I can't tell you how sweet it's been in my relationship with the Lord. It's been this just fresh breeze in my relationship with the Lord to start just praying these breath prayers all day long and inviting him in to the daily, the daily issues that I face. And boy, has he been just so kind and so faithful and so close. So for you, what would that look like to incorporate more prayer in your life over the next year? 
And then finally, we can connect with God through worship. I mean, worship is just such a wonderful way into great intimacy with God. And and there's just something about opening up our souls to God as we praise Him, especially through song, and and when we thank Him, and and not just for the blessings in, in our lives, but for who He is. When we thank Him for who He is, as we meditate not just on what he has done, but, but who he is. I mean, he is the, the wonderful counselor. He is the, the good news. I mean, we, we sing about the truth of who he is in worship songs all the time, and it reminds us of, again, who he is. You know, worship is not primarily for our benefit. Worship, we worship God because God is of infinite worth, because he deserves our worship. And he tells us in the Bible to worship him. But the amazing and almost ironic thing is that when we worship God, as it says in Psalm 23:3, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. What happens is whenever God's people come together and worship, God comes and he inhabits, he dwells in that place. He comes close. And I think that's what God's purpose has been through all eternity, is that he wants to come close. He wants to bring his presence to his people so that we can enjoy him forever. And that is one of the most beautiful purposes of our lives, is to enjoy him forever. And that is the aim and the goal of this church here at VCDC, is that we would be people of his presence, that we would trust him enough to let him in that we would invite him in so that by connecting with him, we can be changed and become more like him. Well, I just want to close in prayer. Come close, Lord, right now. Lord Jesus, we just say we need you. Would you come close? Remind your people today of how good you are and how much you want to bless us with your presence. I just want to thank you for all the ways that you are coming close to those who are online right now, no matter where they are, God, that you would come close. You know, maybe there has been something throughout this talk that has been highlighted to you. Maybe it's about the lies that you have believed about God. It's what's been keeping you at arm's length from God. And I would encourage you uh, you know, even now, like after, after this video is over, to take time with the Lord and just name those things in his presence. And, and I would just say, turn back to him. Turn back to him in trust, knowing that he, he wants and longs to forgive. I, I love in, in scripture, it says over and over, he is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. That's who God is. And then maybe for some of us, it's asking the question, what rhythms is God inviting us to incorporate in our lives in this next year so that we can create space to turn toward him and draw near to him? And I would just encourage you as well, like just take a moment after this video and and ask the Lord God, what would that be? What could that be that I could incorporate in my life this year that that would draw me closer to you and connect me with you? Let me just close with this verse. Search us, God, and know our hearts. Test us and know our anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in us and lead us in the way of everlasting. Lord, give us your grace to be a church that is faithfully 
and intimately connecting to you. I just want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to bless you and thank you. I hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.